And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, the podcast about the first half of Matthew McConaughey's career. I'm Mia. <laughs> and I'm Allie. P.S. I Love Rom-coms is a podcast where each week, Mia and I take out our bulletin boards, large spools of red yarn, and use our beautiful minds to answer the question, which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? Joining us today is a very talented comedian and a writer. You can see her work on the ABC show Single Parents, and if she was in a rom-com, she'd be a screenwriter who went vacationing in Paris, just so happens to stumble into a time-traveling car that transports her back to the 1920s. It's the one and only Danny Shank! <laughs> oh my god that's so me i've actually been doing like online french lessons so what? you don't even know how me that is oh my, oh my gosh uh, speaking of uh, romance skinny we like to start off each episode with a segment called which rom-com heroine are you channeling where we equate the experiences we've had this week with a famous rom-com hero or heroine um and i can start us off this week um <laughs> So, um, I think this week I'm channeling who Mia was channeling last <sighs> week, which is Tula Portacalis from oh my, my big fat Greek wedding, but I'm channeling her in a different way. I'm channeling her in a different way. We're getting more specific with when we channel Tula. So I can't wait to hear the zoom in here. Yeah. So the zoom in zooming into that one scene in my big fat Greek wedding where Tula, uh, is sitting on it's this beautiful scene where Tula's sitting on the bed with her mother and her grandmother and her grandmother hands her this beautiful like shell wreath you know um kind of veil that she can wear for her wedding um and it's like this yes. very you know beautiful moment yeah. and she's like this is what I wore when I was a bride um and uh a couple of months ago, I was in North Dakota and my grandma, uh, I was visiting my grandma and she gave me this book and she was like, Allie, this is my, like one of my favorite books and I think it'll really speak to you. Um, and being, you know, the bad grandchild I am, it took me a couple of months to get around to read it. Um, but I did read it and um, I don't know, I just feel really seen by my grandma in the same way that like oh. Tula Aww. feels seen by hers um, just yeah. because um, the main character is like this cattle rancher who like doesn't really have time for romance because she's too busy riding horses. <laughs> and I'm definitely not that girl, but I love that my grandma thinks I'm that girl, um, that like free spirited horseback rider. Um, oh. and, and so, yeah, I'm having a very kind of sweet and sentimental week where um, I feel like my grandma... Um, recognizes me as a free spirit. That's who I'm channeling this week. Um, uh, yeah, who are you channeling? Um, okay, this week, okay, as I just revealed to Danny and Allie before we begin recording, I did get a dog and by dog I mean puppy and, and I'm doing it responsibly I know you're all sitting there saying uh oh another quarantine dog but no I have my family I have a lot of support we have a plan to socialize them so you know 
I'm we're fine over here. But um, but so I am channeling and I don't want to be channeling her again. But I, it's I tried to think I tried to go through other ways. But it's I am channeling Diane Keaton and Baby Boom again. But like more so because because my dog, my dog, whose name is Doug, uh, Doug is so small and I have to carry him like everywhere. And he wants to like he wants to like sleep with me and cuddle me. So I like can't sleep too deeply because I don't want to like crush him so I'm like constantly like waking up and being like where is Doug and um and it was like oh and I like the first night I like didn't sleep it's been like three nights and I'm like so exhausted and as as you all know as Allie knows as Danny knows I you, I consider waking up before 11 a.m very early and I am <laughs> <laughs> and I'm now getting up at like 7 a.m., 8 a.m. And yeah. uh, and then Doug and I are like on a schedule where it's like we're playing and then we're resting. And then it's like I can like get a little bit of work done while he's napping. But um, so I really, really am feeling um, as close to a new parent as I could yeah. feel at this stage in my life. So I definitely yeah. am feeling the stress and the joy and the love of Diane Keaton uh, in Baby Boo. But, hey, um, you're, a, you're a new mom. You're a new mom. I'm a that's- new mom to Doug. So that's who I'm channeling. Danny, <laughs> love who it. are you channeling? Oh, I'm so excited. I am channeling Meryl's character from <laughs> It's Complicated. Oh my God. For, <laughs> for two reasons. For oh two reasons. So I haven't seen that movie in a while, actually. But from what I remember, she's a pastry chef who specialty is a chocolate croissant. Yes. And um, I have been looking, my girlfriend and I went to Krispy Kreme this morning, which has been the <sighs> thing that we've been talking about for an entire week. We've been like on Friday, we're getting Krispy Kreme. So I've got my <laughs> chocolate filled donuts. I'm very much channeling that oh. chocolate pastry. And secondly, I have been channeling all of my unemployed for five months energy into like a complete rebreak, full redesign of my bedroom, like what? putting up, putting up <gasps> wallpaper, doing construction, filling, filling the holes from all the willy nilly nails I had. And I just feel <laughs> it's, I couldn't be farther from a Nancy Myers home, but it almost <laughs> feels like that now. You know oh what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm, I'm like Meryl living in that amazing house that she's renovating. And that's, that's just like, that's just how I'm feeling. Yeah. I'm picturing your apartment right now, Danny, and I just see marble <laughs> countertops everywhere <laughs> in glass jars just full of cake and cookies oh, and everything and the- softly lit in like white. <laughs> yes, I put up new lighting. Like I got it. I got that was my big my big like revelation is that I no longer have overhead lighting. And and so, yeah, no, you could definitely say that I'm living in a uh, like marbled up mansion for sure. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie so much. Even hearing you talk about it and say that you're like close to Meryl's character relaxes me. <laughs> like, I know. Yes. This absolute rom-com backdrop is uh, the perfect transition into um, our movie discussion for today because wow, wow, wow. Am I excited to get into the lovely world of Always Be My Baby. So this week we watched <laughs> the 2019 rom-com Always Be My Baby. In this film, Sasha Tran, played by Ali Wong, and Marcus Kim, played by Randall Park, are childhood friends who've had a bad falling out after a teenage hookup gone awry. Years later, when Sasha returns to San Francisco, now a famous celebrity chef, to open a restaurant, she runs into Marcus and finds that the romantic chemistry from their teenage years still remains. 
As they rekindle their romance, they together must face Marcus's fears and Sasha's fame if their relationship is to survive. Always Be My Maybe was written by Wong and Park and Michael Kalemko and has been in the works since 2016 when Wong mentioned in a New Yorker interview that she and Park had been working for years to develop their version of When Harry Met Sally. The film was directed by Nanach Kakan and was her directorial debut. So, guys, what are our initial thoughts about this film? I am a huge fan. It's interesting that you say that it was based on When Harry Met Sally because I actually got some vibes of that, like especially with the best friends hooking up and then it being weird after. I was like, that's such vibes from like right after Harry when Harry and Sally like hook up, you know? Yes. Yeah, that's, yes. Yeah, yeah. And what's I think what's like, I mean, this is so dumb, but it's true. But like what's like, I think what's super iconic in When Harry Met Sally is how Meg Ryan's hair changes for all the different stages. And they <laughs> yes. did, they had some really good hair play for Ali Wong in this. Of like, yeah. bangs. <laughs> bangs. They they really bangs I gasped. I was like, oh, those look great. <laughs> I know. Oh my I mean, God. She's, so, she's so beautiful too. Like all those hair styles look flawless on her. Oh, she looks incredible. Okay, so when this first came out, I like couldn't really get into it. And I love Ali Wong and Randall Park so much. And I was like, I don't I don't know why I can't get into it. And then when we were going to watch it this week, my parents were like, oh, we love this movie so much. And oh. I think I think it was honestly like my mood when I first tried to watch it because watching it last night, uh, I was so happy. Um, it was so funny. I totally had the like when Harry met Sally rom-com trope comfort, but uh, with just such fun, like modern twists and like Ali Wong and Randall Park, like their humor when they're just going off um, yeah. was such a delight. So yeah, I really, I really liked it this time around. I think it's a good, I think it's like a good example of like a very like funny romantic comedy. Like they hit the, hit the calm part hard. Like oh, yeah. the, there were so many, there were so many good jokes and like moments that were just like really really had me laughing. Like even like the um, the dad character Harry, right? Yeah. Oh my god. He, oh my god. His name's Harry. Wait, that's crazy. What? Um, he like he was like he killed me. And like that moment where he asks her like, "So how much money do you have now?" And then there's like, <laughs> and then Mark is like he's serious like that was just such a perfect example of that movie they just like let things like kind of linger to like let the comedy land and i i really appreciate that especially some i'm like interested in in comedy so i like love i just thought it was so funny you know what i mean yeah this movie was like jam packed with one-liners like i was watching it and 20 minutes in i was like what am i doing i have to put this on pause and i have to put on the subtitles so that i don't miss a single one of these jokes because literally they are like whipping these one-liners out like every other line is like just a very very funny like joke and it makes sense too because like you know you look at the people who wrote it and like randall park uh who is on the sitcom uh fresh off the boat boat. you know it like joke mastered teller uh actor and ali wong being a stand-up comedian like these people like know their jokes and like i totally felt that in the film um and this is probably the third time i've seen always be my maybe the first time i watched it um i was like i don't i i was in a place where it really hit home to me because i was very um you know sad and vulnerable at the time (laughs) and i was really feeling my singleness and i was like man like i but feeling it in a bad way not in a good way um and i was like man i wish i could just have somebody who like 
would always, you know, just be there to help support me. I just feel like I need some more, you know, a stronger support system. Yeah. And I watched this movie and I remember weeping when I watched oh it the first God. time. I know, I know. And oh. then I watched it later. And um, the second time I watched it, uh, when I was in a better place emotionally, just laughter the whole time. Um, and so um, this movie has like a very near and dear place in my heart because like it was there for me in a time when I really needed it to give me that comfort that um, that rom-coms, um, you know, just are able to provide. Um, so yeah. love this Ugh. movie. And I think it, it does a good job too of, of like bringing like, cause even though it is so funny and the romance is sweet too, there's also like so many like really heartfelt moments, like for both sets of their parents, obviously like uh, Marcus's mom. And when that restaurant oh opens the end, I mean, tears, tears galore, goodbye. Oh and then her parents like coming full circle and being there for her, like at, at when she accepts that award, like, and going to her restaurant and paying full price and all that. And I was like, this is this, I love, I love that that like the romance is there's like a little, like a love story, like with everyone's parents as well, which I yes. think is so sweet. Like, yeah. With Harry uh, meeting uh, Diana Ross's impersonator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I mean, I always love this. If you take care of my the side characters, if you make sure all the side characters are all like uh, buttoned up by the end, I'm yes. so happy. This viewing had me right from the beginning. Uh, the way it starts uh, is so great. It's like when they're kids, uh, they like live next door to each other. And um, the weird, it starts with like, it's like uh, you know it's it's like a different rom-com because like the ins i think the humor at the top is like insane for a rom-com and i love it when she's like when he's like do yeah. you want to come over and eat food and she closes the door in his face and it's like a long beat and then she opens yeah. it and she's like can you believe i really did that and i'm like oh okay this is like this is like the tone is gonna be wild and uh and i'm i'm really here for it but well yeah. i think what's like because, yeah, the tone is so like their whole relationship is like of them kind of like nagging each other yeah. constantly. I think like definitely is different than our typical rom-com, but also like I think is true to, you know, both Allie and Randall, the writers and like so much of their personal life, they like incorporated into the film. And I feel like that's why it has this like very comforting and kind of like special and personal yeah. feeling to it. Like for example, the, and I got this from IMDb, my favorite <laughs> website, um, that, uh, the that paintings one. that some of the paintings that, um, Marcus's mom, um, painted are actually paintings that <gasps> Randall's mom has painted because <gasps> Randall's mom is a painter, um, which I'm so sweet. Oh so sweet. And then also just their history, both Allie, um, and Randall met had had been friends for a long time before they wrote the movie together. They met um, at UCLA where they both went to college. So like that kind of like long term friendship chemistry is really true and based off of their real life. I feel like you can tell you can tell they have definitely had I think if there's one um, like maybe slight weakness to the movie is that they aren't their romantic chemistry like I still felt it but they definitely feel like really really close friends which I do love watching but I think that their like sexual chemistry isn't like through yeah. the roof yeah I, I agree you know I, I yeah yeah but I but I still like I was still like in for all of it you know because but yeah. 
but yeah, but they do seem like such good, like that their friendship seems like so solid and sweet, which I think is also like a strength of the movie. Totally. Yeah. Like the, like the love is for sure there. The intimacy is there, but yeah, I did feel like the movie tipped the scales. And as you know, I'm definitely like a purist. I love a 50, 50 rom-com split. And this one, I do think tipped into more of the calm, um, which I didn't hate. I think you could definitely see like the stand up nature coming through the movie. Yeah. Where we had like a little more like comedic asides. Yeah. The places where they could have leaned more into romance, they like, leaned the opposite way in, uh, for jokes. And those jokes were so funny. Like when they were hooking up for the first time in his car, we've yeah. seen really, you know, sensual, Ugh. you know, uh, teen car hookup scenes like in Say oh Anything. But in this, they <laughs> it's like the only part of that movie I like and I love that part. <laughs> but in this, they leaned in, they chose to lean into the comedy of like, yeah, hooking up in a car is like, in real life, very awkward and cramped and um, sweaty in a bad way. Um, and, so, and kind of stinky. Um, and, um, um, yeah. At least in my experience. Um, and so, um, yes, they definitely leaned heavier into the yes. calm. Yes, definitely into the calm. And I, um, again, one, one of our favorite aspects of rom-coms here at PSL of rom-coms of course is the side characters and the side characters in this movie <laughs> deliver so hard oh my God. the <gasps> best friend uh, Veronica played by Michelle Bateau is so funny I love her character as well and I, I love this kind of like um, like casual representation too of like a gay character yes. that's like something that I always like and like super horned up for because it's not like a, it's not like some kind of plot point. They're not, it's like hardly even there. It's just like, Oh yeah, she's, she's gay. She's, they're having a baby. Like you meet her wife or girlfriend like one time. And I like, I really love that. That's what I want to see like all over the place. You know what I mean? Where it's not like a heavy storyline. It's just like, Oh yeah. yeah. Like, and I'm glad we got to see Denise too. I really wanted yes. to see Denise. Um, and we got to see her. I was like, yes. Yeah. In addition to the side characters being really strong, I think this rom-com's side-side characters, like the characters that have, like, one-liners, were also incredibly well cast and extremely hilarious like the uber driver (laughs) so funny like he doesn't say a thing but he's so funny the goat take carer at the you know children's birthday party who's like you're scaring the goats so funny the guy who worked at burger king who was like Hey, who was like really really quiet and was like hey would you would like to get a burger it's only like 5.99 and you can get fries with it like uh, so funny yeah. like these like throwaway one-liners um <laughs> so much funnier yes. than they had to be the guy who like the moment when um when uh when sasha's like crying in the in her like side whatever in in the in the kitchen like at the top mm-hmm. of the movie um because her boyfriend like oh yeah separated and that <gasps> A restaurant worker comes in and she's like, "Never give anyone your heart." And then they just, they lingered on him for so long before he said, "Thank you, chef." And I died. Like I think I think that's a testament to like really amazing direction when you have like yeah. all of these characters who only have one line and you're able to like 
get the perfect performance out of all of them. You know, I think yes. I think Vanatchka crushed it. That's the kind of moment in comedy that I like love so dearly. And I think it could like easily go yeah. broad and it didn't. Like that moment was it's like the exact note you want in like an awkward uh like real world moment of like I'm just a chef here and this is out of nowhere. And it was so <laughs> funny. I love that I love that moment. <laughs> Yeah, and the guy who sells in the suit, too, when he's like, oh, that's perfect for, like, court dates or, like, you know, if you don't want anyone knowing how successful you are. And it's just, like, such a funny, like, I just love that they, like, yeah, had all those characters that they let shine for, like, yeah. one line. It's also, like, a selflessness, too, as, especially as, like, when you're writing and starring yeah. in something to, like, let so many of the other roles shine where yeah. they... Yeah, they were like, oh, we have to be the only funny ones here. Even bringing in, uh, we have to get into it. Uh, Can we talk about... I I know what you're going to say. Can we talk about (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Oh, my God. Uh, I I remember the first time I saw this movie. I didn't know that he was in it at all. Um, And I... I screamed I think the first time I saw it because I was like seeing Keanu Reeves in a Netflix this is like when Netflix was just starting to create its own original content like now there are a bunch of Netflix rom-coms but I feel like yeah I feel like Always Be My Baby was like the first original kind of like big Netflix rom-com and I remember when I saw him, I was like, I feel it feels like he comes from a different world. And I know like they, they do yeah. that with the direction as well. Uh, but it's just like, oh, my God, what are you doing in here? What are you doing in here? It's like the way they present him. It's like it's like there's all this build up of like who her new date's going to be. And you think it's just going to be like someone cause in the fictional world. They kind of have referenced celebrities like they read they reference like Padma Lakshmi and like a few things but you sort of think it's just going to be like some like sort of buff put together dude and then it's like the slow-mo entrance of like Keanu Reeves being himself and it is that like wonderful like it's kind of like that wonderful Notting Hill effect where it's like oh what if a real celebrity like what if this happened uh so that that dinner is amazing and I just I mean I already like I and I shouldn't be but like I do think like Keanu Reeves is like is like one of my top celebrity crushes and is like one of those like Tom and not that I have a crush on Tom Hanks I don't but I mean I like him but I don't but like in terms of just being (laughs) it's okay okay, I do but I just want you to know that I don't um but (laughs) like I would but I just he's just I just I'm fine without him but he is like <laughs> like Tom, Tom Hanks is like wanted as like an amazing person and I just think like Keanu Reeves is like also maybe up there because like he so like Randall Park and Ali Wong and I read this in a Washington Post article like they when they were writing the script they were like who's our dream person and then they were like oh what like we'll never get him but like wouldn't it be funny if it was Keanu Reeves and uh and it was like oh they God, were completely yeah. like this is a pipe dream and they sent it to him, and he was just a huge fan of Ali Wong. He was a fan of both of them, but he was a huge fan of Ali Wong's stand-up. And so he, like, really wanted to be in it. So he took, like, in between shooting John Wick 3, he, like, took two days to fly to San Francisco to shoot it and, like, collaborated hardcore. Oh. Like, it was his ideas to do the glasses. Oh. That's just a perfect example of a celebrity, like, who just, like, gets it. Like, is in on, like, the joke. Like, to play themselves <laughs> and to play, like, a heightened version of themselves and, like, completely make fun of, like their kind of like you know maybe persona or what it could be i think is like what is so funny because like not everyone will yeah. do that they'll be like oh no yeah. i want i want to play like a character 
you know, but he, the fact that he played himself and like leaned into that, he was, he was a shining star. The moment I lost it was when him and Randall are like one upping or him and Marcus are one upping each other. And then all of a sudden, like Marcus explains to him who like this um, one Chinese dignitary was. And he was like, I know Chinese dignitaries, Marcus. And he just starts like listing off like really seriously and competitively like listing off the names of Chinese dignitaries. And I was just like that was that was like the funniest scene I've seen I love that and then when he's like he's like I don't have a problem and he's doing weird like almost like capoeira like hand motions that part that part killed me I'm like he's so he's so good I also was like I love Keanu I guess like I mean I did before but this this really like cemented like my love for him the the scene where he enters the the fancy restaurant for the double date, where he enters in slow-mo. Guys, I was so obsessed with the scene that after watching the movie, I went onto YouTube and I just typed in um, Keanu Reeves always be my maybe scene. And it turns out I'm not the only person that's obsessed with that scene. And there was somebody who made a 20 minute compilation <laughs> of that scene just with different music edited underneath it. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my watched, gosh. And guys, highly recommend it. It's on YouTube. I watched oh all God. 20 minutes of it. There are so many. Uh, I watched 20 minutes of that same three minute scene over and over and over again. And they put some amazing music underneath it. And I think the best scoring was they played uh, the song Mercy by uh, Duffy. Um, and that felt really, um, I don't know, it just, uh, it touched a part of my soul. Uh, and uh, oh my God. yes, I, uh, God, I, Keanu I is incredible. He's so he's so funny, and their choice to do like sale oh is such a yes. funny like that's the best like choice like what that's so that's so funny to do for like an opening scene yes. like sale. That's so good <laughs> and then go do it again and then when and then when um like Sasha took the picture of like Jenny <laughs> and like showed it to him and Jenny like Jenny also we should talk about her because she was so oh my fucking God. hilarious. But like her with Keanu was like really lit up. That was, she was like, she was so funny. Oh, I thought. Yeah. They did a really good job with Jenny. And uh, cause I think that character is like someone we're really familiar with in rom-coms. And it typically comes in the form of like the, the yeah. person they date before their true love who like has a bad laugh and curly mm-hmm. hair and is like, blah, blah, and you don't like her. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they did give her a weird hair quality. Um, but which, which worked into the story. It was very funny, but I thought they really like rode that line really well where it's like, she was a good person. She did volunteer at the youth center yeah. Yeah. and her specifics were very funny like uh yeah like when she was like my kids were doing performance art about exotic bird trade i'm like that's like, that's yeah. like a very, it's a very specific take and i like it i i agree too because if you think like right off the bat it's like oh this is going to be just like a caricature mm-hmm. and they say like she still did have like she had some depth and like nuance uh which i which i like and when she said that she would kill marcus <laughs> <laughs> that scene was just honestly so perfect and then she stayed with Keanu because she couldn't 
missed her opportunity talking about the youth center. Yes, <laughs> like it was all grounded. Like it could have been a caricature where she's like, I'm with Keanu now, but she was like, I have to use my opportunity for the youth center. And when she said she would kill Marcus, yeah. she was like, well, their social impact will be greater than yours. So it was, she, she had philosophy. Yeah. She has justification. Yeah. yeah, there's just philosophy. There's a justification yeah. behind it. I love that. <laughs> that was fantastic. The casting of Hello Peril was great. The band. They were so funny. That, that His friend, uh, or Tony, the one who like lost yeah. all the weight or whatever. He was, yeah. he was, there was such, there was such good, just all the scenes with the band made, I thought were just so funny. Like with the tennis, ordering the <laughs> tennis balls at like, <laughs> and Tony was, yeah, he was, he was great. I loved the band. And also I loved that the band, like it wasn't, also that was an opportunity that they could have dipped into like, oh, it's a bad band. But they were like really, they were good and cool and had like a, a, a cool sound. Yeah. And I, I like that, that he was like, yes, good. like be good at your job. Yeah. We prefer, like, it's always, it's always more interesting when people are good at their yeah. job. And a fun fact too is like, Randall Park in real life in the 90s had a hip hop band and all the songs oh that were in the movie he actually wrote he wrote for the movie um but yeah he wrote all of those songs and they're so funny like the lyrics of those songs are so so funny and just like a quick sidebar about like kind of um like authenticity in the film like i thought the the songs that he wrote were really great i thought that all the food in the movie looked really good and like yummy and delicious and i think they actually hired uh a real chef to um, consult on the food to make sure that yeah it, it looked. Wait, where? Wait, I looked this up. On, I, I read. I think I read this. I read one thing too that it was like the especially that fancy crazy restaurant. There was like a chef that designed that. Yes, oh. that they based the like monochrome the monochrome food on. Oh yeah, yeah. So it. <laughs> Um, they base that whole like monochrome kind of like all black food dish on a dish that a real life celebrity chef, um, uh, Nikki Nakayama serves at her restaurant. And so like, um, she's the one that has a restaurant that's like $1,600 per person meals. And that's basically, um, the kind of restaurant that they went to at the, uh, in the movie. And so I loved that. And then also me and I have talked about this in the past that in like rom-coms sometimes like paintings like somebody's supposed to be an artist and you look at their paintings and you're like oh my god these paintings suck uh, but yes. I thought the paintings in this movie were really good yes. too so good music good food and good oh my god paintings. the music in addition to sorry you just reminded me the, the, the score like the soundtrack to the movie was phenomenal I was like I, I, yeah. so, like, I mean how often do you get a movie where you're just like every song is a joy um Every song is a bop and it like really set like a mood, you know what I mean? Like you really felt like the, yeah, there was like a vibe to the movie that was like awesome. Like all the way through with, with, um, with Marcus's band music, but then like the rest of the music throughout is like, it was like we were still in their childhood the whole time, you know? Like the music they totally, liked. Totally, like yeah, that's great. such a good point. It was so nostalgic. And then ending with, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the credits obviously are the fantastic uh, song that I let that the character writes about punching Keanu Reeves that Randall Park wrote. But that it, but yeah. before then, it ends with "Always Be My Baby," which obviously <laughs> is what I want in this yeah. film. I want to yeah. hear that song, and they <laughs> let me hear it. This is neither here nor there, but also like, I, I, it was a delight to see a Korean spa in a rom com because I had never been to a Korean spa until I moved to LA, <laughs> and I, uh, and they're they're phenomenal. Korean spa is like the best thing in the world. 
world. And so that scene where him and his dad are in the Korean spa and they have um, like a bunch of dead skin on the dad, on Harry has a bunch of dead skin on his face. Like I've had that done and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's, yeah. it's phenomenal. And it's like, I really enjoyed like all the cultural aspects of this film and uh, like how personal it was to Park and Wong. And I just thought that was um, such, it was just, it was just so nice to see in a genre that's like so white and that, like to just get to see a different perspective in a rom-com was so refreshing and um, fantastic. And I'm so glad they got to make this movie. Yeah, I agree. I, it, it felt like authentic. And I, I really appreciate that. I felt like a, a true yeah. like perspective. Totally. There's so many like awesome, awesome things about this film. Um, but the, there something, there were two things that kind of like, I, I had a few qualms with one was like that. And, and this could just be because it was like Netflix's first kind of like feature and they've in the past, you know, done strictly TV shows. But at times this film f- felt like it was filmed in a way that reminded me more of a sitcom than like an actual feature film. That's and a I, really good point, Allie. And I only say that because there were a lot of there were a few scenes that like were filmed in bathrooms, filmed in kitchens and filmed in cars that I felt like maybe could have done with like a bigger kind of setting. Like um, with rom-coms, you always think of like that big fight that people have. And like in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, they have that really big public fight at that diamond gala. (gasps) Oh my God, I love that. In this movie, when, um, when they have their big fight, it happens in a bathroom, which, you know, I feel like is, you know, probably closer to real life having big fight in private spaces. But I kind of wanted them to have that big fight, you know, at her restaurant opening. Um, oh, that would be. And, yeah. Because then she goes like after. That. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been stronger. Yeah. And the only reason why I say that is like just because like it's the big, you know, dramatic climax of the film. That moment just felt a little deflated because it was just like, um, it, it was just like, um, you know, f- filmed in a bathroom and then in a driveway. And I, and that they probably, maybe they were making some of these choices because of like budget reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that was a note I had. And then the other one too is like, uh, and this is maybe more of a personal thing, but like, I love the character of Sasha Tramp. Like this woman is strong. She is successful. She's funny. She's beautiful. And I know that like, I know that Marcus is a longtime friend of hers, but like, really, is there no other person besides like her childhood (laughs) friend who's smokes weed and has like an indie band that like, you know, sees her worth and her beauty and her talent and like, it just makes me sad that, you know, more people aren't supporting this like awesome, awesome lady and that it takes her parents so long to realize how awesome she is and that it takes her, you know, quote unquote, love of her life so long to realize how awesome she is. Um, yeah. And you see this sometimes in like Judd Apatow movies, too, where it's like, oh, wonderful, accomplished, perfect woman. Um gets schlubby guy to like her 
And it's just a little, and that's just a, I think it's a personal thing. That's like, I'm like, come on. Um, like, um, but yeah, that's just a little qualm I had as well as that plot device. I hear that. I think I, I kind of like, I agree with that too. I think that's, that is why I appreciated that. Like Keanu was like, so into her. Cause like, yeah, like that is like the pool of people that she could be like dating. And like, they were like really hot for each other. And I, I like, I I liked that aspect of it, you know, and I liked that he like genuinely really liked her. It didn't get like, end of that relationship wasn't like, you know, another version where he just like had a bunch of other girls. It was like, you know, he really liked her, but he's kind of weird. So she left, (laughs) you know, and I, I, yeah, I feel what you're saying too about Marcus. I think I was on the fence about that too. It's like, oh, like he's, you know, and then he's like kind of like getting upset, like about her you know, like wanting to have her career and go to New York. And I think what saves that a little bit for me was like how likable Randall Park is, honestly. Like it kind of of felt like he, it did feel like he was, it felt like he really was scared. And he was like this hometown boy. It didn't feel so much like he was jealous of her per se, which saved it a little bit for me from that version of like the perfect, beautiful, successful woman and the guy who's kind of like, you know, bringing her down or whatever but but I, yeah. I just think yeah randall's got like such a sweet like quality about him that i think it kind of saved it for me a little yeah definitely yeah i i think when i the first time i watched it where i like couldn't super get into it i think that was what i bumped against in the beginning specifically when her fiance is like it, it, that was like a sort of a caricature of like a dick and it was like mm-hmm. she was kind of taking it initially like she does flip out on him but when he's like oh like let's where is she like when he's like I guess like I don't know if I want to say he gaslights her, but maybe like these are like gaslights her into taking like a six yeah. month bachelor period where they like are they're gonna like sleep with other people and yeah, um, so weird. Then, yeah, it was like I think that yeah that was like so like abruptly like cruel and mean that it's like you think you're getting married and then you're doing that that I was kind of like oh I don't want to watch this powerful woman be like yeah this like fifty year old man I'm marrying wants to like not I don't know like take six yeah. months. To, to not to sleep with other people. So yeah, I think I bumped against that in the beginning, but then when she, yeah, when she eventually does flip out and like scream at him, then I was like, okay, great. Yeah. I want to see, cause I was like, I want her to dump him. Right. I want her, yeah. to, I, I want, I want her to be doing things, not things be happening to her that put yeah. her in a position where she has to return to her high school love. So yeah, I, yeah, I agree. It was a, it was like a fine line. And I, for me, what did it was the family was her connection to Randall Park's family and her, yeah. lack of and her parents yeah. being absent when she was a kid I think I that to me I was like I I get that like you, yeah. you grow up and and um, yeah it yeah. feels like home to her yeah that's a good point yeah. I think I would have also liked um yeah I think I, I think what you're saying about the first guy uh Brandon I I wish that yeah I wish that like that hadn't been like her being so like trampled on and him kind of ending it you know I, I wish that it started like she wasn't just like she wasn't feeling it with him for whatever reason. Although yeah, I was like, glad, yeah, yeah, I'm glad she told it off, told him off. But yeah, I don't know if that fully rescued it in the way that I'm like, would this character just like be trampled on? I'm not sure. Same, yeah. And there's like enough good that comes after it. But I, yeah, I definitely bumped against that. And mm-hmm. then read the uh, sitcom take, Allie. I love that because now that you mention it, I am like, yeah. There's like yeah. not. There's like a lot of really inactive scenes. 
and yeah. which which is one thing. And then also there was like a few line deliveries that caught me off guard. And I I think Michelle Bateau did so good, but like every now and then her <laughs> character said something that I was like, what is happening? And it did feel like a little more sitcom-y. Not yeah. all of them. And you're like, what? The tone just like shifted for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you pointed it out, Alia, I totally like see that. I didn't like necessarily notice, but I see you're totally, you are, you're right about that. Like that final fight could have been somewhere. It could have been, yeah, it's opening or, yeah. yeah, and it seemed like they had enough budget because they went to like they had so many locations with tons of extras. So yeah, and the music yeah. and Keanu yeah, Reeves. And yeah. Keanu Reeves. So I think this is a good transition. We talked about what we liked. We talked about what didn't quite work for us. Let's get to our segment where we count up some of the tropes we spotted. So here's some of the ones I spotted in the movie, which is that we start with a childhood flashback, and she's yeah. the girl next door, which I'm so <laughs> happy that they do because we've talked about this in our Love and Basketball episode that um, the girl next door trope is something that we growing up were promised. We're yeah. promised in our rom-coms. And then in addition to not ever living next door to our lives, we um, it also sort of disappeared from rom-coms for a while. So I love that yeah. since this is yeah. set back then, they do the next door thing. I do um, love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for that too. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely, it's just like candy <laughs> for anybody who grew up loving yeah. rom-coms in the yeah. late 90s, early aughts. Yeah. Um, we've got a dead parent trope as a motivation. Somebody's parent dies and that sort of is there as a bonding thing and a vulnerable mm-hmm. thing. Um, but in this, in this movie did not feel like... Um, contrived at all it was like very it was a bummer and um it was so sweet yeah. and it was it was a yeah. large part of both of them which i thought was nice yeah. and refreshing that's um, true yeah best friend obsessed with love life michelle bateau is like playing sort of matchmaker some of the time the cleaning up the life sequence when yes. randall yeah when marcus realizes that he needs to get her back and he cleans his room we've got a lot of men cleaning a lot of rooms uh, <laughs> we love to see it you love to see it uh, <laughs> We had like three grand gestures where it was like, yeah, she yeah. she bought all of his band merch. Yeah, he, what was his the, the he speech, gave the big speech. The yeah, yeah. Also yeah. very Notting Hill esque, which I loved. Can we just talk about that speech really quickly? That yes. speech is yes. so freaking good. Oh my god, so I love you. It's so that good. Is, as like grand gesture speeches goes, I think that's like one of my top favorite ever. Like him saying like, yeah. I want to hold your purse for you is like, honestly, uh, for me, whose love language is acts of service. That is the sexiest thing I've ever heard. Oh, oh my God. That is like that. I mean, that's all I want. I'm saying it now. Like, that's all I want. Someone <laughs> say like, I want to be there to hold your purse. Like, what? Come on. Stop. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. <laughs> And then, and being like, I want to start a family with you. I want to have children with you. I want to spend my, like, it's just the, all the things he was saying were so sincere and so vulnerable. Um, and it was, oh, it was really, it was really heartfelt and sweet. And I loved, I loved that so much. It was cute. And I loved, I loved the way she received it as well. Like she, like that, she just said like, that was so good. Like I thought it was cute that moment after where they like recognized and he just gave a speech and she's like, that was really good. (laughs) That's something that you don't always see. Like normally it's just like, they're just normally played like a little more earnestly maybe where, you know, but then this one should be like, that was a good thing. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah that was good. Like that self-aware, like friendship yeah. popping through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love, yeah. I loved that. Really um, good. And there was one more. What am I thinking? Is it, maybe it's the parents. I, I think it's maybe the restaurant. Talk- oh, it's the restaurant. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of it's her, it's- her like big New York restaurant is like based off of his mom and, and her recipes. 
Yes. In a way. way. Jenny's oh. way. And that was nice, too, because the way it folds into the plot, where it's like she had gotten a little, like, she did get really heightened with her celeb chef being like, my food is like, like the words yeah. she was using to describe her food in, in the beginning mm-hmm. were like really indiscernible yeah. gobbledygook. So, like, yeah. by the end, when she's like, I just want to make good food that people yeah. like and yeah. feel at home. Yeah. So that. That was good. So, yeah, we had three grand jesters. Um, we had a makeover sequence. I think that's when he goes to get the suits. Yes. Um, so funny. Shopping, or, or shopping montage. Okay, I have some to present to you guys, which are... We, ha- we had someone coin this one, which is, like, the parent who's pushing it along. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, re- I have I that, that, too. Parent meddling in your love life. Yes. Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys think about vol- multiple voicemails in the end? <gasps> oh, yeah, like, that too, Mia. <gasps> multiple voicemails. Yay! Yes. Yay! I actually... Absolutely. I actually didn't clock that. It was my stepdad who was like, you know, multiple voicemails. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) And then um, the last one, I want to throw in a perfect sexy circumstance where I was like, oh, is the the premise where it's like she's renting a house and he's doing her AC. And it's not not that sexy. But it's like, it's, yeah, it's like they have to be together. They have to reconnect. Yeah. Yeah. I had that down, especially when they're when they're hooking up in front of the AC that the heat's like it's in the shot. Oh, okay, great. So those so those were mine. Those were mine. What else? What else is there? Okay, I have a few. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, 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 no. Um um the okay, so I have uh, some that I want to pitch one is um and this is kind of more specific but um we have the the trope of like uh rom-coms that mention other rom-coms um and i feel like this uh netflix is mentioning other netflix shows yes do you guys notice that like in every netflix show characters are always watching or like talking about netflix and in this they talk about the Netflix show, The Crown. Um, yeah. And also, yeah. I was watching Mindy Kaling's new show. Highly recommend. Um, oh, so Never yeah. Have I Ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. Um, it's, it's it, so good. The, the character, one of the characters watches Riverdale on Netflix. <laughs> oh, my God. It's yeah. so good. At least, um, is that a CW show? Is that a CW show? But it's also on Netflix, too, it's right? Yeah. Yeah, which, which is good. I'm happy if they're, like, doing it where it's, like... Because Netflix is cultural and colloquial, so I'm happy if it's in there. I don't like it if it's, like, everything is branded. But I get it. But just don't get too tricky with us, Netflix. It takes me out of it sometimes. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's right. I am watching a Netflix show. <laughs> yeah. So just, be careful. just be mindful. Just be mindful of what you're doing. We get it. We already like you. We already are watching you. So you're just, trying yeah. too hard, Netflix. You're, you're trying, trying too, too hard. hard. A little too hard. And then I have good on paper guys, Keanu yes. Reeves. And yes. One Dimensional yes. X is Brandon Choi. Yes. Yes. Ooh, we got two of them in here. That's so exciting. And then, um, okay, so I have the ultimate best friend trope in which her best friend mm-hmm. is black, is gay, is obsessed mm-hmm. with her love life, and is a co-worker obsessed with her love life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so wow. So it's like, 
They put just yeah. like a lot of tropes in like her friend Veronica. Yeah, I'm adding three for that. One is no middle part to sex. Both times they like cut them yeah, afterwards. I and like that. I saw that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, no, more kissy. <laughs> <laughs> we want more kissy. No, come on. I, actually, yeah. I, I love it when they do that because I personally like hate sex scenes in movies. I'm always like, that doesn't need to be there. Even though I know there, it's like, not that's not always like a lot of them are sexy, but I would always prefer to like show a hot like make out and then cut after i just like hate watching <laughs> if you're gonna do it if you're gonna do that you have to model it after a big factory yeah where, where it's like the sexiest kissing and then then you can cut to or you cut to after and it's very yes. clear that he just went down on her. Like, <laughs> that's, that is okay. that's what I like to see <laughs> like yeah. you have to follow you it's have either, to follow the my big Patrick wedding model and if you want to show a sex scene you have to follow the love and basketball model yeah. and that's the, those are the rules yes. the last one I have and this is a little bit more like genre than a genre specific which is like woman crying in a freezer um just, just because <laughs> and maybe this is just a cooking one but like in mostly martha um and in no reservations which is kind of the same movie it is the same movie i think um uh just in different countries um in both of those um the women who are chefs cry in a freezer um and ali wong's character cries in a freezer um, and if you've ever worked in a restaurant, I mean, you've pro- I've cried in a freezer before. I've cried in the walk-in. It's, yeah. it's a great place to dry up your tears real yeah, quick. Because yeah. you have to cool yeah. down. You have to cool down. That's what, And it's it like your nervous you system's all heated. I have a couple to pitch. I have a couple oh, to pitch. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, how about uh, when inside a flashback, the girl has braces, has fake braces. <laughs> I feel like yeah. that happens oh, all the time. Like it's like, okay, how do we show that someone's a teen? Braces. You're so right. You're <laughs> yes. so right. Also, also, a montage where people are like laughing and smiling and hitting each other to show that they're like having fun. They did that <laughs> at the beginning. That's a pitch. Yes. Uh, another yes. is um, starting to text each other but deleting it. <gasps> Oh yeah, because yeah. it's like it's like old school like yeah. calling and hanging up. Yeah, yeah. I was th- I, I'm so glad you said that, Danny, because I clocked that. I was like, oh, that's yes. that's the modernization so right. of the like hanging up on then, the voicemail. You're so then, right. Oh, I love yeah. that. And then being at being somewhere else, but thinking about you know like being it's like you're in the wrong place. You know, like you're somewhere else. When she was at her Netflix catering job, and he was like doing work or whatever, they were both like wishing they were with each other and thinking about each other. You know, it's like the scene where they're both like should be with each yes. other. Yes, very sleepless in Seattle. Yes, yes, yeah. Very sleepless in Seattle. Very yeah. instead up. He like goes to that fancy dinner with his uh, yeah. model girlfriend, and then is like, "The best dinner I ever had was a five dollar <laughs> pizza on a fire yes. seat." Yeah, when you're like, you're in the very, you're in the perfect setting. Yes. You're in your, you're in exactly. your ideal you're with setting. The wrong person. Wrong. Yes, wrong. Here's and here's one more. I don't know if this uh, here is the fight that's like just because you X doesn't mean you know everything about Y. You know what I mean? I feel like that <laughs> that phrase is like in every rom com fight. Like just because you blah 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 doesn't mean you know everything about blah blah blah. Yes, just because you wrote an article yes. about me doesn't mean you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, like, just dresses. because you always hang out with my, with my parents doesn't mean you know anything about like what I'm going through. That's what he says, like when they're in the Burger King. Yeah. Uh, whenever I hear that, just because it, that that's something that does bring me out of a out of a fight because I'm like, oh, that we're like riding a fight. You know what I mean? Like, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. And that, and that's what you know the first time because again, I I really liked it when I watched it last night. The first yeah. the, when the first time I watched it, what took me out of it? And again, I think I was having like when you're in a bad mood, it's it's not helpful for rom coms. But yeah. there was like a lot of like explicit labeling that I didn't really notice last night. But the first time I watched it, I was like, I can't yeah. have her be like, you just want to stay in San Francisco. Like I like if she says that again, I'm turning off the movie because it was just like <laughs> so much like you just want to stay here, you just want to leave here, and I was yeah. like, I can't. I can't have them label each other again, but it really, it didn't bother me last night. But I think that's part of that. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, that it is like a, it's like a tropey dialogue thing that happens in rom-coms yeah. that, um, it, I didn't, it didn't bug me. It did yeah. not bother me this viewing, but yeah, I think that's, that's part of it. That can kind of take you out of yeah, it. Telling yeah. instead of showing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Danny came to play. That was fantastic. <laughs> Danny. Wow. Good, those are all, good finds. Yeah. Those are all going in. Those are going in our official list. A true rom com oh, yeah. fan. Yes. Uh, yes. And a fellow fellow rom com scholar. Yes. That's absolutely <laughs> wow. This has like been my favorite trope ch- uh, counting we've ever had, and it has taken us to twenty three <gasps> tropes. No way! Yeah. <gasps> no way! On the higher end, we've had to put some low ones recently. On the yeah. higher end, and I gotta say, I really for a modern rom com, yeah. it's like a different take on the genre. Mm-hmm. That's um, like uh, for the first sort of like Netflix rom com to have that many tropes in there. I appreciate it. Yeah. There's a level of comfort that comes with having these strokes, you know, and mm-hmm. as long as you're, as long as you're doing them in like slightly more inventive ways, then I'm like all for it, you know? Yeah. Cause like while we had even some of the more like tropes we'd consider like negative that we don't like in terms of making like the best friend, a minority or representative yeah. of like the queer community, like it, that, this, it just felt like they just wanted to cast Michelle Bateau. Like yeah. it was, it, it felt, it felt natural and organic and not so much like the shoehorned in the way we often see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, they're doing it, but they're doing it. Uh, they're doing a lot of the tropes, but in ways that don't, some of the, sure. Some of them like that, the fight scene, like can feel a little contrived, but yeah. Um, for the most part, yeah, they're they're doing them in like a new, fresh way, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. I also love that she was pregnant and had a baby, and like had her. Yeah, own. I, know. I know we've already I know. said like she. I love that she was three dimensional and she had her own life going yes. on. And yeah. <laughs> I love one of my favorite moments in the film is towards the end when she's like postpartum is real and then Allie's like I don't want to talk about that right now I know like like like, because I feel like there is like so much I don't know what you want to call it but there's just like a lack of representation of like the reality of being a sexual woman who's also a mother who's like going through (laughs) shit so it's like yeah I love that in a rom-com they brought up postpartum in a fun way (laughs) and I also think they that this one like even though when there's a lot of tropes I think there's moments where it defies the trope that you thought was going to happen like I for sure thought that like the ex-boyfriend like Brandon was going to like make a play for her and like say everything that she wanted to hear you know like mm-hmm. that's always like what happens like the person from the beginning like comes back and says everything you want to hear but then you choose and I liked that he didn't I was like oh yeah. that's good that they like defied that trope yes. yeah yeah yes or, or I even read there was one trope that they wanted to subvert, which isn't necessarily a rom-com trope, but just like an American film trope of like um, when you're like depicting Asian families, having like the parents being like restrictive and like not supportive. Yeah. And so they were like, we want to show like an Asian dad who who doesn't have an accent and is like very supportive. Of oh, their I, children. yeah. I like made a note too of that, of that character of, uh, of yeah, Harry. Yeah. Because he was so like that moment when he walks in at the beginning, when we first like meet him like after flashback and Marcus is like smoking weed and like being kind of like you know whatever like you're he walks in and you're I was worried for a moment like oh this is going to be like 
the dad who's like disapproving of his son who's a failure to start and instead he was like just down and they're like clearly friends i really yeah Yeah. i I love that yeah also another trope that they subverted as well and they did this consciously um was ali wong is like i'm not gonna take my glasses off for this entire movie. She was like, she's like, I'm not doing that trope where I get a makeover and I take off my glasses and I'm suddenly hot. I'm going to wear my glasses the whole time and be hot the whole time. And it's like, hell yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Allie Wong, you do not know what that means to us glasses ladies. Glasses appreciate it. I love that. that She looks so stinking cute with glasses on. Like normalized hot glasses, girl. Yes. I mean, and to the point where, again, it felt organic, whereas a glasses lady who's constantly, um, like, aware of when the glasses are coming off and on in a movie, I didn't even notice that, you guys. Yeah. So that, yeah. that is, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was a pretty successful trope count. Um, but I think it's time for maybe... The most um, tension-filled segment of our podcast, which is, guys, it is time to rate this rom-com. Now, we here, get let's get ready. I forget we have to do this every episode. (laughs) 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 Um, So we here at PS I Love Rom-Coms have an ever-changing list of top five rom-coms. This list started off with the top five highest-grossing rom-coms, but over the last couple of months, we've watched more and more films. We voted in and we voted off many rom-coms, and as of now... Here are our top five rom-coms. We have Notting Hill, Hitch, Love and Basketball, Bend It Like Beckham, and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. So yeah. now if we choose today, we can put Always Be My Maybe on that list, but we all have to unanimously agree to vote off one of those other top five to replace it with. So uh, what do we think, guys? Do we think that Always Be My Maybe deserves a spot on the top five list? And if so, who should it knock off? Before we before we do the, the very, very serious thing, I just want to say that I absolutely freaking love Hitch and all of, all, all of your guests who are haters on Hitch, I'm so confused by because that is like one of the ultimate best rom-coms of all time. So thank I just you, wanted Jenny. to thank Jenny, you. Thank you. We are so not backed up out here when we talk about Hitch, and like, it's so what? refreshing what? to be backed up yeah. about Hitch. Our guests yeah, like, are crazy and like we're drunk, but we're like, you haven't watched Hitch recently. It's I think it's Kevin James. I think people oh, yeah. hear yeah. Kevin James's name and like thrown for a loop and like even in this rom-com always be my maybe people make fun of kevin james in this movie yeah i know <laughs> they do. Funny joke that they like, do. Uh, he's gonna be in like, a young benjamin franklin movie which is very very yes. funny um but i just confused because i thought we all loved hitch i didn't even know that there was like that i was part of a minority i'm like what i thought we all loved it then and still love it now i've rewatched it that best movie 
Anyway, just, I had to say it's that. It's so funny. It's so good. And I'm so glad you said that. And, yeah, and honestly, for half of you who, who say that you don't like Hitch, it, half of you have not seen it. Yes. When we go, you don't like Hitch? Why? And they go, I don't I don't think I've seen it. But, <laughs> but they vaguely know that Kevin James is in it. Yes. And it's controversial. And it's controversial to say this. But Kevin James is amazing in Hitch. He's and amazing I know that's controversial. That's, why, is that, I, why is that controversial? He is so funny and lovable in that movie. He is that is Kevin James at his best. Like, if you don't like yes. Kevin James in that movie, you don't like Kevin James at all, period, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. And I understand he did – he made some choices that maybe you don't like. Maybe you didn't like Paul Blart. Maybe you didn't like yeah. Grown Ups. You know, that's fine. <laughs> fine. But Albert Brenneman's a solid character. Uh, yeah. I love Albert Brenneman. I love him. <laughs> I actually really buy – sorry, we're not talking about Hitch. But I do buy them getting together because he's such a goof and, like, so funny and sweet. Anyway, okay. Yeah, and nobody talks to her like that, and that's true, and you need that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Okay. I think where I'm sitting, here's how I'm at. I I really enjoy this movie. I don't I don't need it to bump I I don't need it to bump any of these movies off. Um I like I like the list right now. The only thing is I the only critique I can see sort of bend it like Beckham. I can see people being like, it's not a rom com, but watching it, it really, really felt like a rom com with soccer as the love interest and like kind of her soccer coach. Um or football, if you will. So I don't really think it needs to be on this list. It's a it's a good movie. I really like the, I really like what it does. I really like the tropes. I really enjoy the humor. Um, I would put it on a top list of like top five Netflix rom coms. But yeah, I don't need it on. But I, I don't have a strong feeling about it, so I could also be convinced. So that's where I'm at. I think you guys have such a strong top top five list right now. Although Bend It Like Beckham, I love, but I I. I think I enjoy Always Be My Maybe more because there's like a little bit of a creepy coach vibe in Bend It Like Beckham, which, yes. which I really, I I really do not enjoy that and don't like when that is like celebrated. Do you know what I mean? So personally, 100, oh, 100%. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we completely agree. Yeah. So personally for me, Always Be My Maybe knocks off Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I totally see. I think both... It's interesting because I feel like Bend It Like Beckham has more like romance and also has a surprising amount of calm versus mm. always maybe I'm like, um, I don't know. I mean, Danny, you bring up a good point. I I love Bend It Like Beckham and I'm very biased because I'm in love with Kira Knightley and yeah. have <laughs> cut my hair to look exactly like her haircut. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I watched the movie and I was like, I need to cut my hair right now. And so I'm with I, you on that. I, I support you on that. I fully do. I, I do adore her and I like her hair in the movie. And so my deep love for Kira Knightley, you know, it makes me see through rose colored glasses. Um, and I love that movie. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I could be swayed either way. And usually I have a strong opinion, but I feel like both, <sighs> neither, neither one of these movies has like, strong rom elements to them both are very funny um so i could go either way they both have strong calm both have weak rom um and are both i think add new things to the genre so Mm. man i'm ah, i'm for once neutral and i'm almost never neutral damn i'm so sorry i'm usually very opinionated but i love both of these rom-coms the only thing that would sway me is that I want to marry Kira Knightley, but that's it, you know, and it's not, and I understand that's not, um, uh, it's not a good enough point. Oh my gosh. 
Okay, let's make closing arguments, and then Allie has to vote. Okay. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> wow, this okay. never happens. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. That's too much pressure, Allie. But that's no, no, no. Doing. It's good. Uh, this is the dramatic okay. part of our podcast. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I will be arguing. I will be arguing for Bendit Like Beckham remaining on the list only because um, I think as a rom com and as a piece of art, it is it's more complete. Uh, the voice is is clearer. Uh, the the direction is beautiful. Um, the characters are um, not the coach, but um, Jess and. Uh, Keir Knightley's character and uh, all the side characters, I think, are more like will stand the test of time. Mm. That one for me, yeah, I think is like I think more is like a, as a piece uh, is more cohesive and will stand the test of time more. Mm. Whereas Always Be My Baby, I think, is so good and so fun, um, and I really like Ali Wong and Randall Park. But I would love to. I I feel like it, it would be like their like third rom com. Like if they were to keep making rom coms, like I feel like that. Yeah. Like they would like level up, mm, and that yeah. that could be like a top fiver. But I will say the weakness of Bennett like Beckham is the creepy coach and um the it's it's you could I, you could make an argument it's not a rom com. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's 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 where I'm weighing in today. Okay. So my closing argument for always Man, maybe <laughs> is that I do think that Bennett like Beckham is more of a friendship movie, a French a very. Mm-hmm heartwarming and hilarious friendship movie and a coming of, I think it belongs to the coming of age genre more than wow. a rom-com. I do. I already brought it up, but I, I hate any kind of like coach to high schooler, you know, romantic romanticization. And 100%. I do think that always be my maybe does a good job of like taking the rom-com genre and like celebrating it, leaning into those tropes, but bringing it forward in a nice, um, in a nice way. Like I think it brings the genre forward there's like really it feels like a diverse movie in like a true authentic way you know the repre- every yeah. element of representation I feel feel like it it just blends in effortlessly it's just it's not like nothing feels like a token anything to me and I I mm-hmm. do I think that that is something that's missing sometimes from the rom-com genre which I of course love and admire and I think their comedy wow. their comedy was absolutely on point and and for these reasons I Okay. Wow. I've come to my decision. Um, After much thought and much um, passionate debate, I I've come to my conclusion, and I think that what is this list? This is the list of. (laughs) It's not the list of top five best comedies. It's not the list of you know best five top you know sports movies. It's rom coms. Rom coms. And you wow. know me, I'm all about the ROM and w- why we have criticized, you know, Randall and a- Allie's chemistry isn't the most romantic. There is still chemistry there and it is a healthy relationship and a romantic relationship versus Bend It Like Beckham. Where is the ROM? It's, you could argue <laughs> with soccer with Kira Knightley. But to be a true rom-com, I feel like it has to be a romantic interest, not just a passionate interest. Mm -hmm. And so my vote is for always be my maybe to take the list, to take the spot of Bend It Like Beckham. Wow. Um, Wow. 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 And I would just like to jump in here and say, when we started this process, we said that it had to be unanimous. And I just want to say here today that Danny Shank has 12 angry men this jury because I do believe that always be my baby. 
shift her mindset and like Beckham now. Because I think you're right. I think it pushes the genre forward. Yes. I think it does it in an effortless way. Yes. And I think I, you both are right in that this is, while Bennett Like Beckham is one of the dearest films from my childhood mm. that as an adult, I still, besides um, certain elements that do not age well and having things like grooming be in it, which we do not like, no, no, um, no. I do think that you're right. I think, I think, it, I think it's, it's uh, life on the list was always going to be short because yeah. it's, um, it's not the truest thing to the genre, even though it does have a lot of the tropes. So yeah. I would like to say that um, this is, we are unanimous and I agree with you both that actually Always Mary Baby should be on the top five. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> what a turn of events. Oh, it is official. Wow. 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 Oh my gosh. I am, I'm exhilarated right now. I feel like I just, <laughs> I, I, I have goosebumps. I, my, my adrenaline is rushing. We get it. <laughs> wow. 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 Well, I, for one, I'm so glad that we were able to work through that and yeah. still get a unanimous vote in there because yeah. I, um, I, yeah. And yeah, I was, I'm, I'm really impressed with the arguments that were put mm. forth today. Absolutely. That, okay. that being said, it's time for our final segment, which is reality check. In this segment, we test out the tropes and plot devices in the rom-coms we just watched and see if they hold up in the real world. In Always Be My Baby, we see the trope of good on paper guy, exemplified by the iconic Keanu Reeves, where he plays himself. But you guys, does this trope exist in real life? Have any of us dated good on paper person only to feel that something was missing? Mm. Or maybe we are all in healthy, stable relationships with these good paper people. <laughs> does the trope hold up? I feel Ooh. like I have. I, I had a, a partner that, had, like, yeah, everything about, about them was, like, really excellent, great, and supportive, and wonderful. But, like, it wasn't it wasn't the like connection, you know, that, that I, that I needed ultimately, you know, like, I feel like I've definitely yes. gone through that. I would say in my youth, I, I was not that I'm not young still, but like in my like <laughs> teen youth, I feel like I was presented with a lot of good on paper guys that are like cute and smart and kind. And, and that they're just, yeah, there was just an element that's missing. Um, yeah. and that, yeah, dating someone for like those things alone never worked out for me. Yeah. For me, I've always, and maybe this is because I love rom-coms, but I always go for the like whimsical, you know, passionate choice for like the person that I like and like, yeah, this person's like different than me. And it's, I like that. Um, and like, um, it's never worked out. And so I wonder if I need to go with good on paper people more <laughs> where it's like, or you could just go with someone, you know, who's stable, um, and you know, has their shit together. Um, and maybe that would work out really well for you instead of, you know, chasing um, this kind of like passion. And I, I know that sounds very um, unromantic, but th that's <laughs> what most of Jane Austen is, is like Jane Austen herself is all like, go for the good on paper people, go for the people who are stable yes, and you yeah. can like actually build a life with don't follow passion. It'll bite you in the ass. So yeah. um, I, well, well, I feel like Jane Austen, like in her, in her framework, it's like that, like, it's passion is kind of sometimes like tied in with like not being truthful. It's like, you'll find something else out about that person. You know what I mean? Versus so like true. the rel reliable partner, like is like, is who he is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Dar yeah. Darcy versus anyway, we could talk totally. about that. Cause, I, Cause you can make an argument that hurt that, um, is it Liz Lizzie Elizabeth Bennett? Uh, yeah. Elizabeth, Elizabeth yeah. Bennett's cousin 
is good on paper guy. Right. <laughs> yes. That Mr. Collins. Yes. yes. That Mr. Collins is good on paper guy because it would solve all the family's problems. Yeah, and right. The estate. <laughs> But she's just like gross, rightfully so. Yeah. And um, there's good on paper guy that's like, no, thank you. Maybe I'm yeah. Charlotte. Good on paper guy that's like, <laughs> no, you are not. Maybe Charlotte. I'm Charlotte. <laughs> no. Charlotte, you say Charlotte that, has Allie. that line no. where she goes, I'm 27 years old and I'm already a burden to my parents. Oh, and man. that's me, guys. I'm Charlotte. Um, no. Oh, thank you. It was a different time. You died no. younger than. <laughs> Even though the genre continues to say that's the that's the limit, yeah. but. isn't that crazy that twenty seven years old was old in Jane Austen's time and is also yeah. old in a lot of rom coms as well? Yeah. yeah, please update your life expectancy, please. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so yeah, Ali, I think you could find like good good person guy yeah. but not mr collins you i will not let you date mr collins Allie, thank, sorry. You. thank yeah. you Mia. <laughs> <laughs> not happening absolutely <laughs> not no okay so we are we are mostly saying <laughs> that you shouldn't be with good on paper guy and Allie will report back to us i'll date some bankers and some lawyers and i'll get back to you yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be great <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, Danny. Um, Do you have any social media things to promote or important romance advice for our listeners? Oh, I'm. uh, I have a a, like an Instagram series. It's basic underscore aliens, and then (laughs) I'm on Twitter as Danny Shank. My advice is if you're on the dating apps, and this is not exactly COVID friendly, but in a normal time, if you're on the dating apps, meet as soon as possible, get off, don't chat for a long time, don't get into it. If you have a conversation Mm. and you're hitting it off, just arrange to meet up and get a drink. You'll see right away and you want to establish this fake relationship that goes on forever and then you meet and it's awkward. That's my advice. That is so so true. And I think during Corona, I think that would mean like hopping on a FaceTime sooner rather than later totally true because you're a different person on the dating apps than you are you know in real life and sometimes you kind of create a false sense of intimacy where you feel like you know that person really well and then you meet them and you're like this is not the person i was talking to um yeah absolutely because you're mm -hmm. you're you're like you're watching it's like the writer version or the editor version rather than like getting someone's eyes so yeah that's so true (laughs) great advice Wow. Well, you guys, that's the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We have a new episode out every week. And remember to subscribe and rate. And we are brought to you by the lovely people at Campfire Media. Also, P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. What's up, stoners? Welcome to I'm Too Effing High. It's a podcast where we test the age-old question, does marijuana make you funnier? I'm here to talk to you about eating people. I bring on comedians. I get them high on marijuana. Ooh, yes. It's just like Fisherman's Cop. Yeah. Oh, and I would know. <laughs> Please give a warm welcome to Nicole Byer, Tim Bob, Sam Richardson, Mary Holland. Are you guys ready for this show tonight? I'm too effing high. New episodes every Tuesday. Yeah. Stay too effing high, you guys. Bye.
campfire. <laughs>